0: You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, we live. We live. we live.
1: Now do you want to open up the third podcast in a row talking about jerseys at the beginning?
0: No, no,
1: not really. (laughs) I want to say this real quickly, though. I just wanted to get out something, right? Yeah. We did get a chance to talk with Gerald Henderson today about the jerseys, and it was pretty hilarious to hear him talk about not necessarily the disdain. It's probably too strong of a word for the Bobcats jerseys. But when I was asking him about some of the favorite uniforms that he ever wore, he did mention that, you know, we didn't have the greatest moments with the Bobcats. So... He only went to the one year that he played when the Hornets came back, and now he still has that uniform, I believe, hanging in his place or something like that. But that's the only one that he was really proud of, Nada. So at least we have Hornets jerseys rather than Bobcats
0: jerseys. Here, here's the thing. The Bobcats jersey, like, there's just one. And I hate bringing this back to the jersey cont- content. I lured you. Yes, I feel trapped. But here's, here's the thing. They have some fire jersey. They have one fire jersey. Which one is and that? And It's a dark blue one, and I believe it's like the 04, 05 one that they never really wore. That one is fire. The rest of them can go in the trash bin. No pinstripes or Nascats? No. No. Absolutely <laughs> not. I, I almost threw something at you, Walker. <laughs> yeah,
1: I know you did, and I probably deserved it. It's the Locked <laughs> on Hornets podcast, a part of the Locked on podcast network. It's your team every day, local experts on the number one daily sports podcast network. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your pods, and follow us on Twitter at Lockdown Hornets. I'm on Twitter at Walker Mail, and Nada is on Twitter at Nada the Scribe. I did ask him about the NASCATs jerseys, and all he did was laugh. That's the only thing as he should,
0: because there's no, there's nothing you can explain about that. He's an employee.
1: (laughs) If I was a better producer, we could have some sound from Gerald today, because I did want to get to some of the things that he had to say about the team as well as what I really wanted to talk about more so than anything, because it is the most prevalent discussion, um, in the NBA world. And it's the playoff series that are taking place right now. Look, we had an excellent game seven. I mean, hook that into my veins right now. That was fantastic watching that final possession was just nuts <laughs> Every, everybody nobody knew what to do and uh gary harris just forces donovan mitchell to his left and then pokes the ball from behind excellent defense but then tory craig almost blows it with a missed layup Man, and jamal murray look. deciding not to bring it out and then mike conley it goes in and out donovan going to the floor what a great game seven that
0: was to cap off what was an insane series think about this rudy missed a wide open on the other side <laughs> Donovan Mitchell had he passed it to Donovan Mitchell Donovan probably has a wide open 3 and gets his t- gets time to set himself unlike Mike Conley and then we're talking about Utah and the Clippers instead of Denver and the Clippers this again like you said hook this into my veins I want
1: more so we also have the storylines of one individual player, maybe more than just one individual player, they're going to suffer a reputation and go through despair of not performing in the playoffs once again. Is it going to be Chris Paul, or is it going to be James Harden and Russell Westbrook, as well as is it going to be Giannis Attentacumpo if they don't even get out of the second round? And then what happens with Giannis, whether he decides to stay with Milwaukee, a lot of fun storylines are going to come as a a result of what happens in the series that we're going to get um, that's playing right now. It's going to be fascinating.
0: It's one of those fascinating, because it's funny, because I'd love to talk about the Giannis relocation industry in in our profession of the media that wants to see Giannis go somewhere, because you know what? Giannis going somewhere else brings clicks, even though I don't think it'll happen. I really don't think it'll happen. I think Giannis stays, but at the same, or again, hold on, let let me back that up. I do think that if Giannis goes, he's only going to one place, and it's not Golden State. It's Toronto. He goes wow. one place and one place. You over. heard it here first. Bogey. Yeah. yeah uh, again, I'm probably going to be wrong. And you'll be the number one that they don't have on that team right
1: now. Although, Ooh, man, boy. we could argue that Giannis Ooh, isn't the boy. number one in the postseason that you need right now. That's
0: well, going to be the storyline. Yeah, but you have Masayu Jiri, who, who might be the best GM in basketball right now, and can put together a team and develop a team, and you, he's going to have those pieces. So and and to flip this into a discussion about Toronto um yeah how you feel about Kemba right now. That's right. Thank you.
1: Nice job. This is the transition I wanted to have because whether it's Giannis, who is getting a lot of the blame for not taking over in the fourth quarter like Jimmy Butler did, and it's a lot of the reason that we were really concerned about Milwaukee. Even when they were on pace to win 70 games, not I had been on record of never being comfortable saying this was going to be a team that got to the NBA championship because of Mike Budenholzer and Giannis Attendacupo. The jump shot and a limitation of the jump shot, it's very real. It's very real in the playoffs and it's why we have these problems with Ben Simmons and Giannis but anyways Kimba Walker's got the jump shot yes he's got the mid-range and it was on display in the last bucket that he hit last night the step back I don't know who has a better step back in the league right now than Kimba it's him and everybody else It's him
0: and Kyrie and then there's everybody else yeah
1: and and I mean even just in NBA history that step back is absolute nuts. I saw C.J. McCollum talking about it. How you know one C.J. is a big proponent of the mid-range mm-hmm. game, if I'm not mistaken. But he discusses just there's nothing you can do. I, I forget who put this. Maybe it was Worldwide Wob that put this tweet out there, where he said, uh, "Here is the defender's thinking." Kimba's going to do that thing where he drives past the free throw line, steps back and hits a jump shot, isn't he? And then he's got Kimba's way of thinking, I'm going to do that thing where I go by the free throw line, step back and hit a jump shot. And then of course that's what he does because it's unstoppable. He had gone through the first three quarters of not being able to buy a basket. And then in the fourth quarter, he goes off, of course, along with the help of Marcus Smart. He had been very good in the first round. He shot over 50% with 10 assists in game one against Toronto. Kemba is performing big in the clutch Mm -hmm. on a national stage. And I know it hurts a little to not see it in a Hornets uniform. A little bit, but also... Just a little bit. But also... Hornets fans have to be happy to see the best player in Hornets history ever doing this, at least, because I think we're all still huge fans of Kimba. Yes. And it's really cool to see him, at least for me, Nada, get all of this fame and get all of this praise.
0: Here's the issue that you're gonna have. Because at some at a certain point. Kemba's going to do so well, they'll have forgotten that he was a Charlotte Hornet to begin with. Yeah, are you worried about that a little bit? The Boston media is going to gentrify Kemba (laughs) Walker. (laughs) <laughs> this is what's going to happen. This is go- this is not only just a sore subject. This is salt in the wound. This is not even salt in the wound more than I think about it. This is acid in the wound. This is just pure hydrochloric acid being poured right over my arm, and now there's flesh hanging off my arm. That's how much this
1: hurts, Walker. Are you telling me this is going to even be the Alonzo morning case on steroids because of the yes. amount of time chemistry? Oh, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah. Is Boston going to be able to claim him? There's no way not. We're not putting that yes, out there, are we? Yes,
0: we are. Austin is going to gentrify Campbell Walker. This is what I'm trying to tell you. Remember cuz again, you have the Yukon mythology. The the New England stuff is there. You have that kind of you have that kind of mythology right there. So it's going to happen. Let's just admit to it now and be okay with whatever's going to happen after that.
1: You know, that is an interesting conversation. What is Kimba most known for? Because if Kimba plays three, four years with Boston and he wins a championship hell, maybe he wins too, then it is going to be hard to overlook all of the success he had when he steps up in big moments for a historic franchise. I mean, you are literally talking about the Boston Celtics and the Lakers as the two most historic franchises in the NBA, and the Hornets player, the best Hornets player of all time, playing for one of those teams, winning championships for one of those teams. It is going to be really tough. This podcast got very dark in a way I did not expect this to go. You're I welcome. Wa- I wanted to praise Kimba for all of his services for the Hornets, but of course what he's doing for the Celtics, it's really cool to see him succeed. But you turned this into a very dark place where are people going to forget about all of the things that he did for Charlotte?
0: You're you-
1: not people in charlotte for sure but when so since if, when did anyone care what we wanted so nobody does exactly is this going to be a situation where he decides to go to the hall of fame and when he has to decide his baseball cap is it going to be a boston celtics cap is that what we're saying is going to happen is he going to embrace the city of boston maybe even more so than charlotte is yes. kemba going
0: to turn his back on us i'm not sure kemba will I am sure everybody else will. It's gonna he be will so. be known as a, as a great Boston Celtic point guard, one of the great Boston Celtic in, in the line of koozie, in, oh, in the line no. of DJ. You, you see it, but you see it now, don't you? You see it. I know, I do. I do
1: see it. If if he's there for like four years and he's still playing ball at a really high level and you've got a championship and then he's got all this success, it's going to be tough for us Hornets fans to say, "Hey, but look what he did here." That is a problem. I will admit that.
0: Yeah, it literally, it's like they have a nice little steak sandwich, or better yet, we'll we'll make this we'll make this local. They have that beautiful lobster roll. Mm-hmm. They have that ro- lobster roll, nice cold with some mayo, great toasted bun. And it's like again, it's a twenty, thirty dollar lobster roll. What we got over here? We might have some half-ass brisket, half-ass brisket sandwich. That's we, what we got right now. We, we loved it going. when it
1: was here, though.
0: Yeah, we loved it, we but did. it's not the lobster roll.
1: Yeah, um, I'm interested to see where we go from here because. The Boston Celtics are certainly my favorite to get to the NBA Finals, and they have been for a little while because I've never believed in the Milwaukee Bucks. The Miami Heat make things interesting. I do have them beating the Bucks. That's not an unpopular take whatsoever. It's, it's not, not unique. People love the Miami Heat. Um, do you think that this is going to be a series that Toronto can come back in and actually make this thing interesting? No. Or do you think the Celtics have shown their dominance? The,
0: the problem is that you have a point guard now that's, that's fully bought in. And for better or worse, that wasn't Kyrie. You also have the development of two of probably the 20 best wings in the the league. And that may be like slightly underrating them. Yeah.
1: I, I think you would be with Jason Tatum. Yeah, Tatum,
0: again, Tatum and Brown, like... Those guys are awesome. It's a pick your poison situation. And mind you, we're seeing all this dominance... And Gordon Hayward hasn't played a game in quite a while.
1: Well, and what we're seeing here's something that I did want to touch on because here in Charlotte, there were stats that showed that Kemba actually was not very good in the clutch when we had those certain qualifiers. But we would always say, "You got to look at it in context." Sure, I mean, and and I we knew that. I think Smart Hornets fans knew that it, it was Kemba having to do everything. The dude was dog tired at the end of games, and I had my problems with Kemba at the end of games, looking for a foul and it, it, it drove me crazy. He would look mm-hmm. for a foul. He'd put it in the ref's hands more than he would just try to hit with some of these shots. And when he would kick it out to a better shooter, you know, we or uh, not a better a better shot, I should say, not a better shooter, but a better shot. You know, we've seen it with Jeremy Lamb maybe once or twice. And then, you know, we had our success when maybe even Kimba would kick out, but the clutch, uh, the clutch stats were not very good to Kimba. And I think most people, hopefully most people knew it was because of the team that surrounded him. But now... When, let's say, you don't perform well in the first three quarters, then you have Jason Tatum to carry the load. Marcus Smart went bananas yesterday mm-hmm. in the fourth quarter. So. Five threes, which you're not necessarily always going to get oh, from him. Oh no, not at all. I mean, that, that's not anything you are. That's not anything you can bank on for sure. But you do have really good players to help you out. And then it's not like you're forcing the ball out of Kemba's hands because who are you forcing it to? You might be forcing it to an All NBA wing. Yeah, uh, that that's a problem. Obviously, that doesn't take any smart basketball mind to get that, and it really affected Kemba here in Charlotte. Like the the only criticism again, I, I had him. I I had problems with him falling in love with trying to get a foul and then being denied that whistle. But I wasn't here to say that he wasn't a clutch player. We just had some bad stats from him um, because of the context that surrounded him.
0: Exactly. And this is what happens when we started talking about Kemba Walker. And I do remember, remember that nice little fun conversation we used to have. Who's better Kemba or Kyrie? Yeah. I I mean, it's, we're getting to a point where we can have that conversation soon. Yeah. Well, I mean, look, we're getting there. So,
1: I had always gone Kyrie Irving because, one, I think Kyrie's ability to finish at the basket is just freaking stupid, yes. you know, especially with that size. His handles are crazy. I mean, his handles are better than Kimba's. Yeah. It always is Kyrie and Steph, I think, who you would have. Kemba's great. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, exactly. But we're talking about elite handles with Kyrie Irving. But there has to be something to your ability to mesh with teammates and just not be crazy. Oh, agreed. And Kemba clearly is Vast superior in that regard. You know, if if Kyrie's out here, you know, causing problems so much where you hurt your team, and we did see the Nets performing better—or not better, I should say—but we Functional. did see the
0: Nets actually winning <laughs> yes. without Kyrie Irving in the lineup. That has to matter. It does. It does matter. And for me, at least, when we start having these conversations about who's better, Kemba or Kyrie. We also have to recognize that we're talking about them as number two valves, number three valves. Sure. Not guys that are going to lead a franchise. Unfortunately, Kemba showed that the ceiling to that 39, maybe 46 wins. And that's with another guy in Big Al Jefferson and the last little embers of whatever he was doing. Well,
1: and a Nick Batum that was actually, you know, defendable. That's true. That worked for for a, a somewhat decent contract.
0: And we're talking about defendable in terms of. Play, we're not talking about actually being, again. <laughs> <different>. <laughs> right, right. Because, yeah, again, that guy was right. every other year except his first year after that big contract. I would just, I don't know, when we start having these conversations about Kemba and what he does, and a lot of this is we told you so coming from us to the the guys that are, um, that essentially are like extolling Kemba's virtues right now. A lot of this is us saying we told you so. Unfortunately, like I said, our block is being gentrified. Our old school bodega is now a Starbucks and we're all poor for it. <laughs>
1: He's been so good. Not he really has he been. Has. Uh, let's talk about a potential player that could be very good for the Charlotte Hornets. Dear God, we certainly hope so with this third overall pick and whoever it may be. One interesting conversation to have whatever position we draft at three overall here in Charlotte, who is the guy that has pushed out more so of the rotation? We talk about that next on the lockdown Hornets podcast. This is Locked on Hornets. Have you fallen out of love uh, with uh, Lonnie Walker yet, or are you still in
0: love with him? I think there's still a chance.
1: Yeah, I know. There's still a chance. I think he's playing pretty well
0: right now. (laughs) It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast.
1: For the most part, this third overall pick, it's pretty wide open considering what could happen. Um... I feel like Anthony Edwards isn't going to be there. I think that's where I lean more towards. I think he's going to be gone from Minnesota. I think Minnesota's going to take him. And then I think that's the guy I feel the most comfortable with. And it certainly seems like Wiseman is going to be the guy yes. at the second overall selection. But there's a very, a very real possibility that Golden State could trade that second overall selection for somebody they feel is more established to or help LaMelo. them win that time. And and maybe LaMelo, but who knows? I I feel like I'm leaning more towards Anthony Edwards the point overall being, though, we really could have anybody there available at number three overall. Mm-hmm. There was a bunch of things that could happen. Now, I want to run down the scenario of maybe the different positions, different Ooh, players scenarios. that you might draft that might push some of these guys that were in the rotation last year out of the rotation, maybe a little bit more, maybe dwindle their role a little bit more than what it was last year. So we playing Rasta speculation? <laughs> we are playing Rasta speculation. I don't know why you made that Rasta instead of roster, but I like it. Uh, anyways. You draft LaMelo Ball, let's start there. Mm -hmm. If if I were to bet my money, even with everything being Mm -hmm. somewhat wide open, I would bet LaMelo Ball is available at three. I would think it would go Anthony Edwards, James Wiseman, one, two. Um, So let's start with LaMelo Ball just as the first case. LaMelo Ball, a point guard. A big point guard, but a point guard. I think drafting him... You certainly can play him with Devontae Graham very easily, might I add. Especially yes. with especially with LaMelo being a bigger guy, I would actually really like his size along with a smaller point guard in Devontae. You could get away with that a little bit. Um, hopefully, LaMelo could become a better defender and more polished, get stronger, yada yada, just mm-hmm. growing within the NBA. But I think you would have no problems playing those two guys together, especially with Devontae shooting. So the real question to me becomes, he's a guy in the backcourt, certainly, is is Terry Rozier a guy that gets put to the bench if LaMelo Ball is your third overall selection or do they have Terry Rozier and Devontae Graham still starting with LaMelo getting significant minutes but maybe Terry Rozier's minutes being dwindled down from the 34.3 he last year?
0: So uh, what if I told you this is probably a twofold answer? I think that this possibly pushes Bridges. Like, I think... What whatever this third pick is going to push Miles Bridges either to the four and PJ to the five. So you're saying you don't even care what position or what player it is? I, I, I no. There's 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 a two. Like I said, it's twofold. Okay. One, I think this push. Whoever pushes this pushes this Miles to the four. I do think like the only way it doesn't is if it's Wiseman or a Kongwu, and we'll get get to that to, in a little bit. But when we start talking about this, I think it also pushes a guy like Malik Monk to where it's, to quote um, Billy from Purple Rain, the club owner, it's kick-ass or else time. And I think this is going to push a whole bunch of guys because the the rotation, the backcourt rotation minutes are going to shrink if it's LaMelo Ball. Mm -hmm. I don't think LaMelo Ball starts initially because as we've seen, Brego values defense. And if you value defense for right now, you cannot have LaMelo Ball out there. Now, if he's like anything like his brother and he starts really playing defense, yo, you can, roll, you can actually roll a Terry Rozier, Devontae Graham, LaMelo Ball wing situation and be fairly okay as long as he defends. That's the thing. If LaMelo shows he can defend, it's pushing miles. If he can't, then he's pushing Monk. I think that becomes kind of the
1: hardest scenario for me. Mm-hmm figuring out what happens in the backcourt because you also have Malik Monk and Cody Martin that I should have included on this, too. Cody Martin and Malik Monk only started four games between them. Cody played 48, started three. Malik Monk started, remember, that one game, Mm -hmm. and then it was soon after that he was suspended for the anti-drug policy violation. You had Terry Rozier start every single one of the 63 games that he played, and remember Devontae Graham, he started 53 of the 63 that he played. And so when we're talking about some of the backcourt guys maybe getting pushed down, you know, you could run... Some of these, you could run Malik, Devontae, and LaMelo together. You know, you could run Cody there as well. I I just am interested more so in Terry Rozier's role this season. And does that become a point where he becomes more tradable? At least you're looking to trade him more because you do have a LaMelo ball on your squad. Remember, Mitch Kupchak is very adamant that he doesn't care what position is available. You are drafting
0: basically only on You're drafting for talent. That was it. Yeah. And if you're drafting for talent and LaMelo Ball's there, you're drafting him, and that's where it all gets interesting. And if you're – let's say you're one of the Martin twins, because if you're Caleb Martin – how do you feel if you bring LaMelo ball? Because you basically have no shot.
1: Well, and one, right, the team obviously doesn't care and they shouldn't about how yeah. Caleb feels. But also, yeah, I mean, it, it brings Caleb down quite a bit because, because again, that's just another body. You're relegated to Greensboro. Area. Yeah. And so, you know, LaMelo, LaMelo would be playing the one or the two. And, you know, Terry and, and Devontae, they're all playing ones and twos. Cody has a little bit of three in them that yep. he could play. Um, but yeah, it becomes fascinating to see, you know, whether that takes away some Malik Monk minutes and then it of course decides, then we have to decide, where is Malik Monk in the future of Mm -hmm. all of this you bring up the defense I actually you know Terry Rozier's defensive analytics were just god awful last season I think they were a little skewed I don't think he was that bad defensively Um, the team defensively was bad as a whole and therefore everybody's numbers are going to be bad I don't think Terry Rozier's analytics were um, indicative of truly how bad he was but I also think there was some problems that he made Martin clearly the better defender out of all three of those Devontae Terry and even Malik throw him in there and if he does value defense and if cody continues to play like he was maybe at the end of the season then how many minutes does he get awarded compared to everybody else the backcourt situation does become fascinating if lamello ball is selected for this hornets team
0: it, it is but the crazy thing is i don't think it's the most crazy c- scenario so, of all of them
1: yep let's go to it then yeah. so let's go let's say anthony edwards you know kind An- of fits into anthony that Edwards realm.
0: fits perfectly on this roster i i say that like because then you just put him there, and then you let him and Miles compete for that three spot. Because he's not the one. you know. Anthony Edwards is going to be the two. Is that, he's is pretty two. solidly two. Exactly. He's a two-three, two, and I think he fits perfectly. The guy that's the most interesting for me, if they draft, if they bring in here, is Denny Avia. I think that's the one that causes the most roster commotion. Because I think Denny is clearly a three for right now, but he's 19. Let's say he grows to 6'10". Where where are you putting him? If he's a Hito Turgaloo type where he can play three, he can play four, either Miles has got to learn to play the five or PJ's got to learn to play the five.
1: Well, and PJ's the guy that's already played some five minutes, and there have been some fun lineups with him. There
0: have been, but at the same time, he's got to up his rebound rate for it to make it work. You're right. Denny Avia is the guy that causes the most roster chaos to where at some point, Miles Miles will legitimately say, hey, it's either him or me. And they're going to pick Denny. Yeah, uh, well, I mean, you have
1: Denny being there at 6'9", I believe, right now. And that does make it pretty interesting as to what they're going to do with the PJ, with the Miles. Because we already thought it was pretty redundant when they selected PJ after they Mm -hmm. selected Miles Bridges. And I think in a perfect world, what we want to do as fans is put together all of our first-round picks on the court at the same exact time. And you can't do
0: it. And unfortunately, I think there are too many guys with too many similar skill sets that, like, it doesn't work. And I don't think you're going to remove Terry from the lineup. That may be a bridge too far considering what he's already sacrificed. Yeah, and it
1: does become... It, that, yeah, because Terry Rogier is someone that did go through a lot, admittedly, after the All-Star break, um, so I, I, do wonder if they're going to ask him, Hey, can you just be our stud slash score off of the bench? Because we want to give Lamelo all these minutes. Or as you say, I imagine it does probably take while to grow because rookies, it takes while for rookie, a uh, while for rookies to grow. And he's not going to come in and be the defender. Um, like you say, and that, that's a good point you bring up now you know, just to bring up a Devin Vassell, he's not going to sacrifice all that on defense. And that becomes interesting too. How much minutes does he take away from some people? Because his defense is so good.
0: You just had to gentrify the discussion with Devin Vassell, right? Uh, more like Devin Vabai. If you ask hey, me,
1: yeah. let's go, <laughs> let's go to the center position. Nada, because I think that kind of is the easiest. Like, you That's know, the easy one. You get a Nyeka Kung Wu, You get James Wiseman. You have Cody Zeller here. Maybe you still start Cody Zeller. In fact, I would say that they do. Oh, I don't think you, so. You think they start James Wiseman and a Kung Wu immediately? A
0: Kung Wu starts immediately. Even think, over Cody Zeller? I think, I think a Kung Wu starts immediately. I think they're thrown in
1: the rotation a lot. I think that if... I don't even know what's going to happen with Bismack Biyombo, You know, who knows I think,
0: if they throw uh, again, a deal. We know, but again, if you listen to our player capsules, and you should have it by now... We know that Billy Hernan Gomez is probably not coming back. I think Bismack is absolutely coming back. I do not believe for a second he's not coming back. Cody Zeller is the guy, if you're going to want to trade, again, he's. I look at Cody Zeller as a trade piece more than anything else. You're going to want to keep him fresh. You're going to want to keep him healthy. And maybe you finally get those second-round picks for those expiring contracts. And – Cody Zell is the kind of guy that you kind of do it with the 32 overall pick does become interesting here too that's the other and, and I
1: can't imagine you have another Jalen McDaniels situation and even if it is then the Jalen what if it's
0: Jaden McDaniel
1: well, <laughs> well whatever guy they select at the end of the draft like it can't be another Jalen McDaniels though certainly and, and even if it is Jalen won't getting playing time until the end of the season nope. so you know at the beginning of the season it, it he's not going to become a factor here but uh the the guys that are going to start no matter what, Nada. I think we can feel very comfortable that Devonte is going to start. No matter what, yep. And we're going to be comfortable saying PJ Washington is going to start. No Everything matter. else is up for, for grabs for me. I think Miles starts. I do. I don't think they put Miles Bridges starting lineup at this point. Third year, first round pick. I feel pretty comfortable saying, and may, maybe Locke is a little too strong. Like PJ Devonte, they're locks. There's no way they go to the bench. Certainly at the beginning of the season, I feel. Pretty close to saying comfortable that uh, that Miles is there. I, Terry Rogier becomes the guy that I, I wonder: Do they really ask him to take another role where it is seen as a demotion, even if the minutes don't really dwindle down all that much? You know, does he go to the bench, which it, it is viewed at least as a demotion?
0: Here's where I kind of agree with you, and I again I'm going to hedge on this. I think you're right about Terry eventually going to the bench, but I do mean eventually. Well, I don't know. I'm not saying I one don't way or another. Think- I don't think he starts out the season because it's a $19 million problem if you put him on, on the bench immediately. You have to give him a chance to start. You have to get and then let the rookie grow. And if the rookie shows up yeah. and the rookie becomes, I don't know, a rookie of the year candidate, all rookie team, something along the lines of that then you have that conversation
1: yeah because if it's Lamelo, it's not like it's not like jamal uh jamal uh, john Morant for memphis where it's like yeah that dude's starting every game throw him in the lineup right now he and was and we traded an
0: all-star to do it or a near all-star to do it with terry yeah no exactly yeah. like it's not like with terry like with john Morant. remember they traded michael oh you're talking yeah, about that, i again, yeah, again we're talking about memphis trading them away Memphis traded him, Mike Conley just to make sure that Mike, that John Morant had all the runway possible. I don't see that happening with this roster and Terry Rozier. I think Terry Rozier's got a little bit to prove before they move him. But I am one of those that also believes that Terry Rozier is going to start until he doesn't, basically. And I think that's not going to happen until at least a trade deadline. One more thing before I forget— When we start talking about all these draft picks, remember that Greensboro, the G League, might not necessarily be up. So the guys that we're talking about, again, Greensboro and everything along the lines of that, that's not necessarily a guarantee. So when we start thinking about this in terms of drafting, assume pick 32, or if they trade up, is going to factor in the rotation as well yeah
1: oh for sure yeah that that does become there's just so many different young young guys we talk about how hey there might be something to work with maybe it's not for the roster we've talked about that a little bit maybe they do become trade pieces they're not on this team anymore you know maybe a guy like Caleb martin you know he showed you all he had really at the end of last season and it's not somebody that becomes in the equation
0: what if you're Jalen mcdaniel like literally a denny avia really does crimp your style yeah like a a, a Jalen McDaniel gets hurt by a Denny avia maybe even a, a, again Anthony Edwards and LaMelo ball he gets hurt by that too yep. like this is a ripple effect type draft guys that's what I, I'm excited about
1: the lineups more yeah. like yeah I just of course the third overall pick yes obviously but I also man I really want to see what these lineups are going to look yeah, like 332 to-
0: and 58 this is a again if you hear nothing else from us This is a franchise changing draft. This is going to define the next era of Charlotte Hornets basketball, and I don't think we emphasize that nearly enough.
1: One thing that is always in your lineup, at least it should be it's built bar because of the amazing flavors that they have. They have six new flavors in caramel, brownie cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon, almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. They also have the other original flavors like your raspberry, German chocolate, peanut butter, still the same good flavors are in your rotation as well. Plus they're great and, uh, uh, healthy for you. So if you're the health conscious, Guy that kind of wants a little something sweet to eat after maybe he goes on a run or works out. This can serve as that dessert. They only uh, they uh, have 19 grams of protein, 180 calories in a couple of the different flavors that you have. You can even go further down where there's 17 grams of protein in the cherry barcia, 130 calories in that flavor as well very minimal sugar, four gram sugar, four gram net carbs. It's healthy. It's delicious. They're great. Plus you do get a free cooler with your purchase of built bars. While sub- last go to builtbar.com and use promo code locked on and you'll get $10 off of your next order. Use promo code locked on all one word for $10 off again at dot One more segment to go here on the Locked On Hornets podcast.
0: This is locked on Hornets. I'm, I'm a little. I listen. Hold on. I, now, see, uh, I,
1: th- we couldn't just blow by that one. Well, you had this because topic?
0: this is what frustrates me. You know, I'm uh. under the weather. You know, I'm not at 100 percent right now, and you're you're just taking it to me. You're like one of these people that knew Nick Bat- Batum had a hand injury, and they were just slapping his hand because it's like we're gonna get, we're gonna knock this guy's hand because we know he's injured. And that's what you're doing to me right now. But I just want to say, Sam, if you're listening, you're more than a numbers guy. You have heart. You have soul. You have agency. You are a person. Love you, Sam. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast.
1: Now we've talked about this next subject quite a bit, and we've been proud of the Charlotte Hornets for being kind of out in front of this compared to a lot of other organizations. Yes. They weren't first in line, but they certainly were among the people that they deserve to be commended for being out in front of uh, driving a voting initiative. Yes. In order to create change. And now there is the campaign that I believe was uh, even announced maybe Friday when the NBA announced that. I think the NBA
0: wide directive Uh, uh, last week, Walker, to be fair, Betsy Mack on this public on this podcast with us and told us this was coming.
1: Well, right. We knew that it was coming, but I guess it was kind of launching the swarm the polls campaign did launch at least officially I believe on Friday of last week if I'm not mistaken so the Hornets they're all in on this and then by the way if you can if you uh, uh, have have not been familiar with the information I should say there is a link that you can vote through the website it's www.nba.com slash Hornets slash go vote so if that's something that you haven't done yet something that you plan on doing and want to do it through the Hornets Swarm, the polls campaign you can do that again www.nba.com slash Hornets slash go dash vote i should say it's go dash vote but something very cool that the charlotte hornets are a part of and the spectrum center can be a early voting site for mecklenburg county and it's a very large early voting site yes. we've talked about this a lot not it's something that we're very proud of for the organization it's pretty cool to be a fan of that specific franchise having been out in front of this um, in a way that maybe other nba franchises weren't um that that are still doing good stuff but the yeah. hornets were out in front of
0: it yeah the the Hornets were absolutely out in front of this, and the one thing that I think people get lost on with, with this early voting site, is that not only is it very large, but it's very, very accessible. And I think people, when they think of their voting districts, think you already have one, you don't need one more. Yeah, but voting districts, depending on where you, what side of the tracks you live on, aren't always the most accessible. Now you're talking about a Spectrum Center that is wheelchair accessible, that is easily, you can get to it by bus, train, Uber, it doesn't matter. The ease of access, this is why this matters. And thank God for the Hornets, and again, thank you to the Hornets for being good civil servants, good civic servants. Our tax money goes to fund said arena, I'm glad it's yeah. being spent wisely, quite honestly.
1: Yeah. And so again, it's www.nba.com slash Hornet slash go dash vote. If you want to register to vote, just make sure that you can register where you need to vote, how you can register. If you're not registered, they give you all of that information um, in order for you to vote on the November 3rd election. So we do appreciate Betsy Mack for joining us all, um, I guess, a couple of weeks, maybe even a month ago to give us a lot of this information as well. If you just scroll through the archive of the podcast, you may only- get her to talk about this sure yeah that'd be great to uh talk with betsy mack and it's just another thing where it's already evidence we've already talked about it enough but it does go to show you yeah this michael jordan thing where he is absolutely out in front of this himself not only as the franchise but michael jordan is about that life and he continues to uh, quiet down some of the criticism that he had received in previous years
0: and it's one of those things where Again, like you said, this is a we told you so episode. A lot of this, we told you about Kemba. We told you about Michael Jordan. We give you prophecy and y'all all lamed out. Didn't really appreciate it. Oh, we're not talking oh, I don't think we're talking to our listeners, though, right? I don't uh, think. Uh, it, well, it's, the uh, listeners
1: are on our side about well, Kemba. Again, that they were true. telling everybody in the national media, too. Like, they, they knew about Kemba. Well,
0: okay, fine. They knew about Kemba. We're all we telling knew, them. Yeah, we're all. T- again, this podcast okay. specifically, we told you <laughs> so about Jordan. Again, I'm going to take my victory lap in a little bit in our gentrified Kemba Walker neighborhood now. (laughs) That wraps up this edition of Locked On Hornets. Thanks again,
1: as always, for joining us and supporting the show. Now, tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of Locked On NBA, really any show on the Locked On Podcast Network. Have a great day. We'll be back with you tomorrow.